All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. This is the Teacher Talking Time Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Teacher Talking Time Podcast, but this one for language learners, what we are um, known for, the cult of learning. And as you know, the aim of this series is really to encourage people to find and pursue um, things that they are passionate about when learning a foreign language. The Cult of Learning series are episodes for learners of languages. And in these episodes, we discuss tools and strategies for learning and also provide opportunities for those of you who need more listening practice. And Mike, in today's episode, we will be finalizing our, our new series on the three essentials of language learning. We will briefly, yes, briefly recap the first two of the three essentials, exposure and motivation. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the last one of the tripartite, which is use. So then we're going to have this bird flying, Mike, the emu. Oh, the right? emu is taking off. Yes. yes. And we're going to talk about why it's really important to produce language when you are learning that specific language and how that output, how that use of language contributes to more learning and to more development. But before we get the ball rolling, Mike, we always have a few important reminders. Absolutely, Leo. And if you are out there listening to our podcast, maybe for the first time, maybe for the umpteenth time, Please do not forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast player, our YouTube channel. And if you want to learn more about the work we do and the courses we offer, do not forget to visit our website and to subscribe to our mailing list for all those exclusive bonuses and promotions that everyone loves, Leo. Also, if you're a language learner and you're tired of learning in the classroom, then you should join our School of Learning or our Self-Directed Learning Portal. For $5 a month, you will get unlimited access to our SDLP, sign up for a year and pay $50. That gets you two free months of English lessons. And if you like our products and study tips, then you should also consider our quick fixes. What are quick fixes, Leo? Ah, you don't even need to answer that. Quick fixes are more specific lessons, which include things like how to extend a conversation, how to master the IELTS speaking exam, and boosting your IELTS score with patterns. Quick fixes are only $10, and we guarantee that you will definitely notice improvements in your language. Mike, before we jump right into the, um, the episode, the SDLP, which is the Self-Directed Learning Portal, so basically you pay $50, which gets you a year which gets you two free months of English lessons. And how many lessons do people get in, in the SDLP if they want to take classes there as well? Students are guaranteed at least four lessons, sometimes more. Depending on your level, you can join all kinds of lessons. And in addition, you get to take advantage of special live sessions we have. We also do a special onboarding session with new members because we believe, Leo, that students learn best in a community. So basically, we provide a community. And within that community, 
you can study on your own. And we provide eight lessons a month of self-study, some for listening, four for listening, and four for reading, as well as writing lessons. In addition, you get group classes with students from all over the world, again, for free. And you can go to the lessons that suit your level. So in some cases, you might be taking advantage of four, K, four lessons. In others, you might be taking advantage of more. So think about that, Leo. For, for less than $5 a month with an annual subscription, you get how many hours? You get, you get all of that. That's almost like 20 hours. That's over yeah. 20 hours of English yeah. language lessons. Yeah. So uh, it's a great opportunity. And Leo, it's a warm, fuzzy community where we all work together. And Andrew's there with me. I'm there. Leo, you pop in from time to time. Yeah. It's just a great deal. It's a great way to meet people. Why do an app? What? Why? Why join a WhatsApp group when you can have real human communication and exactly. conversation and learn from our excellent teachers? That's right. That's right. Word, word, Mike. So here we are, episode fifteen of the Cult of Learning, and we have been talking about the three essentials of language learning. So, Mike. I thought it would be very good, again, as good practice, as good teachers that we are. I think it would be important for us to kind of recap what we've talked about in the last two episodes. So listeners remember what those two essentials are so we can um, introduce the third one. So we talked about the essentials of language learning and how these elements can create an effective learning experience um, that can occur not only in the classroom, but primarily outside the classroom, in the jungle. So, Mike, can you tell us very quickly, what was the first one? The first uh, letter was the letter E. That's right. The first letter of this big bird was E, right? And I love what you said about learning in the jungle, learning outside the classroom, because the SDLP that we provide really does help students do that. And the first E is all about exposure. And in the SDLP, we believe that students need access to real English, real world English. But not only that, Leo, and I don't want to say too much because I know we're going to talk about this later. It's not about being exposed to the language, being around the language, being um, in the jungle, so, you, so to speak. It's about noticing, right? Mm -hmm. It's about recognizing the language that's out there around you and then noticing how it works and then using that to kind of guide your learning. So that's the first E, exposure. Sorry, I need to ask you something because um, you yeah. said real world English, real English. Mm. It, and I think we talked about this when we were talking about, and you came up with that term, which stuck in my, is stuck in my head, which is uh, exposure to a, to a rich language diet as opposed to an impoverished <laughs> language diet. Yeah, not, so, the, not, 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 not uh, what was it? Not exposure light. But exposure yes. heavy, right? Input yes. light. No, no, we want exposure heavy. So, yeah. so why is it important for students to be exposed to real English right from the beginning? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I think I think uh, people who have been learning language successfully for a long time would would say that well, it's important to know how language is naturally used, and the only way to get that is to to be involved in those real world situations to put yourself in a position. To, to access that. So perhaps, as we said earlier, maybe it's going to a pub to watch a soccer game with a group of Japanese people because you want to, you want to have a better idea of how to talk about soccer in Japanese, right? Um, perhaps you want to, perhaps you're a business person and you want to know a little bit more about vocabulary and the types of 
patterns and grammar that are common in, in a business environment? Well, you, you, you're going to need to find opportunities to, to, to expose yourself to that language. You're not going to get that from a TED Talk, but you might get it from perhaps a, a YouTuber who's, who's vlogging about their experience mm -hmm. with business. You might get it with MSNBC. And again, it's, it's, you don't want to waste time. You want to have a, an efficient approach, Leo. So it's important mm -hmm. to think about your target community and then, and then hone in. I like mm -hmm. that expression. We're going to hone in, focus on the words that they use, the way that they speak, the way that they write, so mm -hmm. that we can prepare ourselves to join them in the future. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Very, very, very nicely put. So the second one, the second letter in this uh, Big Bird, <laughs> Sesame <laughs> Street reference here. We're not going to get sued, I hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, this, what's the M? What does the M stand the for? M. The M, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, it, it's motivation. I was going to say it's Mike, but I don't want to get, yeah. anyways, it's kind of, sorry, folks. No, but the first one, E was exposure, M is motivation. And, you know, we all need motivation. But the one thing that was interesting about that episode, Leo, mm. was, that, was that motivation isn't the starting point, right? You don't get motivation first. It's actually the opposite, right? Yeah. You, you start, you struggle, and then you, it's through those successes and overcoming that challenge that you become to motivate yourself to learn more and mm -hmm. to move forward, right? Yeah. It's interesting because when you think about the, the, the three essentials uh, for language learning and you think about exposure and motivation, it actually proves, Mike, how a lot of people can learn a language just from watching television. Like you have probably met a lot of students who said, oh, I learned English playing video game. I learned English from watching Friends. I have learned English from watching TV shows. Why? Because the exposure is there. They can yes. watch it 24 hours, seven days a week if they like. And it's, you said, it's authentic. It's real, right? It's meaningful, Leo. Yeah. It means something to them, right? Yeah. I'm not, I, I think we talked a little bit about how motivation is, I, I'm not motivated to do something, right? No, 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 motivation isn't the starting point. Yeah. It's actually, the starting point is, is, the, is the target, right? Yes. It's like, what yes. do I want to do? Where do I want to be? That's, yes. that's my motivation. And, and it's funny because the motivation, Mike, then is, is actually there because they have already decided that they're going to use television, that they are mm -hmm. going to use um, their video games, uh, their video, their video games. game community. Exactly. Yeah. That is the vehicle to learn the language. So while they're doing that, that's how they gain the motivation. So, so as yes. you said, it's the action that creates motivation, not the other way around. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And then oftentimes it's the, it's the, you don't right. What's the saying? You don't have courage. First, um, you you actually about what is it? I'm trying to think you, of the experience. You start courage, before you're ready. Yeah, it's not your, yeah, 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 yeah. You start before you're exactly. I'm messing up a proverb, <laughs> and I'm just gonna stop there, folks. No, you exactly. You, know, you start before you're ready because you're and never then, gonna be ready. No, and then you overcome a challenge. Maybe you set out to 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 learn this pattern, or or maybe you want to learn this expression to use next time, and maybe you use it and you fail. But then the second time you use it, you use it correctly or someone responds the way you want them to respond. And then boom, that makes you want to learn more. And the, yes. it's, it's addictive. It becomes this addictive chain. Yes. And that's the motivation we're talking about. Yes. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. So, Mike, I think uh, what we're going to be doing next is we're going to move on to talk about the last essential, the the last piece of this puzzle for those who want to learn a language. The last feather on the bird. The last feather on the bird, right? It's the letter U, which stands for use. But before that, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. I studied English in a classroom for years, but felt I was not improving and not having fun either. I did not know how to learn a language. Then I found the Learn Your English online membership. My name is Victor and I am an LYE member. This membership is for people who are passionate about learning English in their own way. These are not classes. This is learning outside of the classroom. We learn by participating in activities just for us, effective and fun. The special thing about the community is that the teachers will do anything they can to find the best way for you to learn. In my case, it has been through philosophy, psychology and life in general. Head over to the Learn Your English website for all the details. That is learnyourenglish.com. Ready to take control of your learning? Join me today in the Learn Your English student community. Hey out there, I'm Rocio from El Salvador. This is Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. Hola, soy Rocío de El Salvador. Estás escuchando Teacher Talking Time, el programa para que aprendas tu inglés. All right, here we are, back with this episode. Mike, three essentials of language learning, exposure, motivation, and here we are, use. We all know that input is important for learning a language, but... And again, we know this, for those of you who are, who are listening to this podcast, there was a man back in the 60s, his name was Krashen, and he said that you could learn a language just from receiving language, from absorbing input. But Mike, what the recent research has suggested is that output, producing language, using language is an essential uh, or is considered essential for language development, especially if the learners want to speak or write in the language. Why? Why is that so important? Let's think about this. If I'm, if I'm trying to lose weight and all I'm doing is learning about techniques of how to lose weight and I'm not actually doing the exercise, then I'm not going to see much, many results. So we can actually, we can actually apply some that's, that's a similar analogy to language learning, right? Now, like you said, maybe if I'm focusing on understanding the language, or listening skills or reading skills, then, then yeah. But if I'm performing in the language, I actually need to, to, to produce output. I need to use it either by writing it or speaking it. And it's when you produce the language yes. that, that actually you become more analytical. You start to notice because you want to check yourself, you want to be correct, you want to filter your message. And it actually kind of encourages this, like this, this intake, this, this, um, um, yeah, this intake of the language, right? Mm -hmm. Uptake or intake, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, this is true. This is true. Especially because um, I find that one of the biggest reasons why people are not fluent in a language is because they spend a lot of classroom time not speaking. The teacher's talking, the teacher's <laughs> teaching, but the students are not having enough opportunities to communicate and what kind of opportunities do students need in the classroom well first of all as you said mike they need a lot of exposure exposure is important 
And then through exposure, you're going to start to get that feel of the language. You're going to start to acquire more naturally and without the added pressure in the classroom. And as I said, as a learner, I think it's really important um, that we, in a way, um, create those opportunities. So if you are a language learner, you have to find a way to create those opportunities to communicate what you want to say and to express what you feel or what you what you think. And, and you like to say this a lot, Mike, and I wanted to throw the ball back to you. But like people want to feel like they're using language for real purposes, right? Yeah, sure. It, it just can't be, it just can't be going through and, and reading a list of sentences that that don't mean anything to you. So if I'm if I'm trying to learn how to um, how to use present continuous in in Japanese, I could just write out a list of sentences with different verbs, but that's not really going to be meaningful to me, right? Mm-hmm. It might be more meaningful to 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 you know maybe watch a show and then practice describing what's happening in the show uh, to to my friend or or, or my 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 coworker in, in Japanese, like mm-hmm. something that I could actually picture myself doing and using present continuous, uh, the form in Japanese mm-hmm. in a real natural situation, in a meaningful yes. situation. Yeah. 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 And I think this is important because when you learn language and you use language for your purposes, as you said, like to get things done, to share experiences, to solve a problem, to, to send an email or, or to, to communicate with someone. When you, when, when, you, when you are a language learner and you use the language for real purposes, I think the recall is way better. Because yes. you already use the language that you know already, because you have spent a lot of classroom time giving someone advice. So in real life, when someone is talking to you in a foreign language and you are asked to give advice, you might be able to recall all of that language that you have already used and know already, right? That's right. That's right. But if you're just teaching it as part of a chapter, you're not going to be able to do that because it's asking you to to put these pieces all together, right? So it's about, as you said, it's about presenting real kind of tasks or 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 even just thinking about a task um, yourself that you think would 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 make you use this kind of language, so that by the time you need it in the real world, it's been practiced and rehearsed. And the good teachers do that. They 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 focus on providing opportunities to to let students play with the language and and test it out so that when they go out into the jungle into the real world they're they're ready to go um to to cope with these different situations mm-hmm. yeah. and when i think about the kind of um opportunities to use the language that i can perhaps even add to this to this um, conversation, it would be interaction. Because a lot of people ask me, Leo, how can I use the language? I said, you have to interact. Interact is so important. And this is why when you are learning a language, you need to learn more importantly, not as you said, Mike, not learning to produce sentences, because in real life, you're not going to be speaking in sentences. One of the most important things that you're going to be doing is you're going to have to be managing conversations and, and producing sentences or speaking in sentences and managing a conversation are two completely different things. Because, for example, when you are opening and closing a conversation, there are so many sub-skills, so many, the mechanics of a conversation, Mike, like knowing how to introduce a topic, 
knowing how to say how something is relevant. How do how do you wind down a topic? How do you, how do you stop it without? Yeah, just walk away, Leo. Yeah, yeah you just like say, okay, <laughs> Mike, you. bye. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't even know how to wind. Oh, down it's a, a topic. skill. Yeah, yeah, it's a real skill. Yeah. Yeah. Or even now, what we did, interacting, turn taking, mm-hmm. knowing when it's important for you to pause, making sure that you are listening, interrupting politely. I mean, there's so many things, right? Yeah, clarifying or challenging, you know, what, what you're saying or what yeah. someone else is saying. Yeah. Yeah. The no, that's that's it's there's a lot happening, right? There's a lot going on. And I think that um again, like I think students learn best when they have opportunities to to, as you said, practice in a group, practice with other people. And definitely with the SDLP through our community, we we certainly try to do that. So it's not just reading it from a WhatsApp group or or, or a Facebook group. It's yes. actually genuinely communicating with other people. We should also add, Leo, because I think we didn't touch on it, but but we do, you know, it's important to internalize things first, yes. right? Like it's important to have this silent period, right, Leo, where, mm-hmm. where we're able to just think about the language, think about what we want to say, think mm-hmm. about how, um, think, think about if we're having a conversation about um, making suggestions for a, a trip abroad, um, what, you know, just think about it, have that internal period. What might I say? What are some words I could choose in this situation? Why yeah. would I choose certain tenses over others in, these, in, in, in this conversation? Where would I pause? Where yeah. would I, how would I react if someone yeah. said, yeah, for sure. um, really, you want to say, you know, how would I react if someone challenged me? Um, so I think it's, it's important to, to start on the inside and then work out from there as well. And you, you've met, I remember talking to you once and you, I remember you mentioning that you do that sometimes, like before you do a presentation or before you go to a job interview, you, and we've talked about this in the podcast, you visualize, you kind of, again, you are internalizing what you want to say, even tomorrow, tomorrow, I have a a YouTube interview for that channel and I have a list of questions and I mean, I'm not going to memorize the answers, but I'm going to, as you said, I'm going to think about the language that I want to use in that in that interview tomorrow. Right. So I guess what you're saying is like in this in this kind of in in internal stage where we're actually um, almost creating our hypotheses of what might work. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's part A of the equation. Yes. Is you you say I think I would say this, and I think I would say it this way. And maybe interaction is the second part of the equation. Then yes, yes. Where you actually experiment and test those hypotheses, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the important thing because you can adjust. And you always say this, and I like how you you've put this before in a conversation that we kind of adjust our message depending on the audience. If we notice that the audience is not really understanding what we're saying, we're getting these verbal or even visual cues, and we can kind of adjust the message. We can use different strategies, which are, again, very important, very appropriate for different for different circumstances, right? That's right. And I think for, for a lot of students in class, it's difficult because depending on your your classroom situation, um, you might have a teacher that doesn't focus on those skills, right? Those interactional skills that are really, um, I guess, uh, such an important part of the overall message that you're trying to deliver, right? So again, I think 
if you're not getting that from your class, then it's, it's again, up to you to, to, ex, to find, to expose yourself, have to be careful here, to expose yourself to mm -hmm. um, situation, to, as you said, input, where you can see, where you can find out, you know, how do people um, end, a, end an awkward conversation, right? Mm -hmm. How do people interrupt politely, right? So it's, it's, it's quite important to, um, to, to learn the English, as you said, but also to, mm -hmm. to learn the skills of being a good communicator. Yeah. And since we're talking about use, Mike, there's two more points that I would like to make before we, we, we wrap up this episode. And the first one is that there is a lot of research that suggests that students, learners who are in classrooms or, or who put themselves in situations where they are encouraged to communicate more often, those are the ones who are more likely to acquire the language faster and, of course, more efficiently than those students who only learn about the language. As you said, they learn the rules for the present continuous. They learn about the rules for the present perfect, right? Yeah, and that's important, but, but you also need to think about that future community, right? Yes. It's important to know that, but if I want to if I want to have lots of video game or gamer friends and I want to feel more comfortable and confident speeding, chatting with them in English when I'm playing with them online, then, you know, I got to use it. I got to, I got to know those rules, but I also have to um, adapt them and, and, and change them based on the way they speak. And I think that's another point, Leo, we talk about with our teachers, mm. but we don't necessarily talk about with our students. And that is don't learn written English if you want to be a better speaker. <laughs> you have to go out and find out how people speak in English if yes. you want to be a better speaker. And that's the, you know, that's the thing that you really want to focus on. And, and that will take you a lot further than just going through grammar points and understanding mm -hmm. them. It's actually looking at how people communicate Maybe when they write, because maybe writing is important. Writing a business email is important, mm -hmm. but also how they how they speak mm -hmm. about talk about business yes. when they're in business meetings, and how they socialize and and show exert power and influence, and mm -hmm. and 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 take a step back and do all these really important things that help you get along with just getting on with life, right? Yes, yes. No, 100%. So if you are a language learner and you are studying English or you're studying a foreign language, you might be asking, okay, this is great. I understand use. So what kinds of activities should I be encouraged to be doing in the classroom? Or if you are a teacher listening to this, because I know we have a lot of teachers who are also learners, therefore the cult of learning, uh, they might be asking, what kinds of activities should we avoid if we want to provide the kind of use that we are talking about here, Mike? I would say any practice activity that is not meaning-focused should be banned. Not banned, but like you shouldn't be following that if you want to, um, or you shouldn't be doing that if you really want to use the language, like acting out dialogues or, or um, doing gap fills, right? Yeah, like I guess when you say meaning focused, you're saying that the, the focus is going to be on the message or completing mm -hmm. some sort of objective, right? Yes. Not necessarily um, finishing the sentence or, yes. or, or adding the, the word to the gap. No, I think it's, I think, I think you're spot on. Mm -hmm. And I think that while you're doing it, you might want to think about how you might perform that task for different audiences, mm -hmm. right? And, and how you might again, draw on different strategies. So to give you an example, 
Maybe mm -hmm. if you're, maybe you want to be better at writing emails, um, you might want to think about how you might write an email to a friend and how that might be different from, say, writing an email to a company to complain about something or writing an email to um, make an appointment with a friend versus, I don't know if people actually email their friends anymore. So that right there is not a meaningful task. Yes. <laughs> but, but we could say, okay, so I'm going to email a colleague at work to complain. Um, this is a close colleague of mine versus my superior. Yes. And maybe I might word or, or change some things in the email differently. Um, so depending on the audience, depending on who that email is intended for. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it, you're right, Leo, it's, it's a meaningful task because it's going to, I'm going to have to do it in the future, but also uh, I'm going to have to do it in the future with different types of people. That's right. So I need to That's know right. how to react in those different situations. And I find that the more you do this, the more you, you put yourself into these situations where you're challenged or challenging yourself to go public, oh, you, will like always, you will always strive harder to improve. And of course, I think your accuracy will naturally um, develop as opposed to doing these gap fill exercises or dialogues when you're doing them most of the time on autopilot and autopilot, you're not really thinking, yeah. you're not really thinking about what, what it means, you know? Um, and I think what I wanted to to wrap up this um, this this episode in this series, Mike, is by going back to what we we talk about all the time that that one percent. And I think if you want to get better at learning languages, you have to expose yourself at least one percent every day. You know, you have to push yourself to do the work so you can improve your motivation. And again, if you use the language once a day. Like going back to the example of watching uh, a show on TV, meaning the exposure is there. You're watching TV for 24 hours, Netflix. Then you can use the language that you've learned from that TV show in real life. Like, for example, you were watching an episode last night where the guy was asking a girl out. You could That's use right. that in real life. And the motivation is already there. Yeah, the motivations may be um, being able to just chat with your new colleagues in your in your sole office or in your 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 office in Berlin uh, in English about that drama that you all like or that that mm -hmm. that show that you all like. And you know what, Leo? You're going to introspectively think about it while you're having your shower in the morning, right? Yes. You're going to plan what you're going to say to your friends yes. in the morning and then maybe exactly while you're getting dressed you're going to start practicing that yourself. Yes. Um, maybe say it to yourself in the mirror. But it's all about hope, making yourself accountable. Like you said, it doesn't need to be a lot. No. 1% better each day. And you're going to get there. And it's important, Mike, because the one, what's hard for people to adopt the 1% is because when you improve 1%, it isn't particularly noticeable. <laughs> no. It is not. Sometimes um, it, it might be very difficult for you to see it. But I truly believe that is way more meaningful, especially in the long run. Why? Because that little tiny difference that one small improvement can make over time is astounding. It's, it's phenomenal what you can do. And you know that because we have been practicing this. We have been preaching about this for a long time. And at the end of the day, Leo, maybe you just develop a great habit, right? You develop yes. a great habit that is dedicating time of a day to make dedicate dedicating time in a day to make yourself better 
And then that's going to lead to other habits as well. And it's, it's really, I learn your English. We're really about, for teaching, we're about teachers becoming better teachers through their habits. We're about students becoming better students through their habits. But really, we, it's a lifestyle. We want people to just become better people, more satisfied people, more mindful people. And, um, and really, it's, it's doing this 1%, having this 1% approach, I should say, that mm -hmm. really makes a difference. So that's basically it, Mike. Those are the three essentials. And I would say it's something for you to consider when you are learning. Am I getting enough exposure? Did I get enough exposure today to English? Did What's I my motivation? Yeah. Yeah. Did I use the language today? Did I find, did I look for opportunities to use the language in meaningful, in meaningful ways? And if you are, are those, a teacher. Uh, and are those all connected, Leo, right? Yes. Is my is my exposure connected to my main reason for learning English? And am I using, am I practicing yes. stuff in a way that I'm actually going to practice it? in the future, in the jungle. I didn't yes. mean to interrupt. See, no, folks, it's, it's a good see, point. that's a strategy. You just jump in sometimes. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> a good point because especially, Mike, and again, you don't have to agree with me on this, but and if you are listening, you don't have to agree with me on this, but I honestly believe that if you are missing one of them in your learning journey, you're not learning as effectively as you could. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and I think most of our audience would. Yeah. Yes, I think if we're reflective enough, I can look back at the times I wasn't successful with things, and it's because it, it wasn't cohesive, right? It wasn't right. connected. Yeah, and that's it, folks. That's basically it. We're not saying that we should you should throw out everything that you have been done that do not provide the three essentials, but we're basically saying now that you are consciously competent, that you are aware of oh. the three of the three essentials of learning a language, make sure that they become part of your learning routine. Because if you are able to include all three of them in your routine, the more effective your learning experience will be. Right, Mike? Yeah. Don't throw the bird out with the bathwater, right? <laughs> couldn't right. resist, folks. I couldn't resist. That's it. Now this bird can fly. Oh, it's set the sore. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> F folks, thank you very much for listening to another episode. We're going to be back next month with another episode of The Cult of Learning. You've been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.